Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. Rodney Buchanan tells the following, For the last two weekends, we have been busy keeping our granddaughters. In preparation for their coming, my wife and I stocked up on ice cream, cookies, and candy. Sue bought finger paints and little plastic smocks. She went to the Salvation Army and bought bought dress-up clothes for the girls to play in. I bought a children's video and some coloring books, and Sue planned some small cooking projects for them. We made all kinds of preparations to make their time with us memorable and enjoyable. Why did we do all that? We did it because we love our grandchildren and want what's best for them. The point is, if we make these kind of preparations for our grandchildren's visit, how much more does a God of love and grace prepare for the time His children will come to His eternal home? And that's the case with the New Jerusalem. When you read about all of the fine details about it in Revelation 21 and 22 and the glory, beauty, and intricacy of it, you see how much God loves the redeemed from His prophetic program, that He took that much care to create such an extraordinary place for them to dwell in and enjoy for all eternity. Revelation 21 verse 9 says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. One of the angels who was commissioned to pour out one of the horrific seven bowls of God's righteous wrath in the tribulation comes to speak with the Apostle John. We can't be for certain, but we can be pretty sure that it was the same angel who earlier showed John the vision of the city of Babylon. That angel of Revelation 17 who poured out one of the vials of God's wrath said to come hither and gave John a vision of a great city, Babylon, a city of evil, wickedness, and unrighteousness, the city of Satan. Likewise, the angel in Revelation 21.9 is also one who poured out one of the vials of God's wrath and said again to come hither. But this time he gave John a vision of the greatest city of all, the new Jerusalem, a city of glory, purity, and righteousness, the city of God. The angel invites John to see the bride, the lamb's wife. Now the marriage has already taken place back in Revelation 19, 7-9, so here the bride is called the lamb's wife. Now a physical city is not a bride nor a wife, but in reality, a city is not just buildings, it is its people. The truth that is being represented here is that the city is the residence of the Lord's saints of His prophetic program. The new Jerusalem will be occupied by the redeemed of God from the first resurrection of prophecy. The city is personified as the pure bride by virtue of all the holy saints residing within her. Believing Israel, all prophetic saints, is the bride, the Lamb's wife. The new Jerusalem is the eternal perfect home for the wife of the Lamb. And in the sight of God, the marriage is two becoming one in a permanent union. 
Thus Israel, as the bride, will be joined to and become one permanently with her bridegroom, the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing Israel joining the Lord Jesus Christ in marriage is a picture of her oneness and eternal union with her Messiah and Savior. We, too, are one with our Savior, but we are the body of Christ, not the bride of Christ. At the moment of salvation, by the Holy Spirit's work, we are spiritually baptized and identified with Christ and made one with Him. We are placed as members of the body of Christ, not the bride of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.13 teaches, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And as the body of Christ, Christ is our living head, not our groom. Ephesians 1.22-23 reads, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Revelation 21, 10-11 says, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The angel carries John away in the spirit to a great and high mountain so that from this good vantage point, he could see that great city. As a side note, it's interesting to see that in the new earth, there will be great and high mountains. John observes the city of holy Jerusalem, which is both new and holy, completing its descent from heaven to the new earth. In verse 2 of this chapter, John saw the new Jerusalem on its way from a distance, coming down from God out of heaven. In verse 10, he sees it as it's still coming down, as it's descending. But from this new high vantage point, he gets a better look at it in all of its beauty and all of its brilliance. He does not get to see the city from within the city, but from the outside, looking in as it moves down past his gaze. From where he is positioned by the angel, he can observe the entire city in panorama and is close enough to see all of its details and glory. Its descent out of heaven from God, as verse 10 says, emphasizes its divine origin, that its builder and maker is God, as Hebrews 11.10 tells us. The exquisiteness, intricacy, and design of the city are all from the mind and heart of the all-wise, true, and living God, built with loving care to be a dwelling place on earth for both himself and his earthly redeemed people, Israel. And it will be a city like no other. Like the God indwelling it, this city will have no equal. Many have boasted in great cities of this world, Rome, New York City, Paris, London, Tokyo, They all pale in comparison to this city of God. In John's inspired description of it, the new Jerusalem has the glory of God. It shines with the glory of God himself because God is in it. God's glory radiates from the new Jerusalem so much so that as verse 23 says, the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, the shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. 
God's glory is the only light this city will need for all eternity. Describing the brilliance of that glory light, John stated that the city's light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. John compared the glory of the gleaming city to that of a beautiful, precious gemstone. It gave off a clear as crystal, pure light. The comparison to a jasper stone takes us back earlier in Revelation to John's vision of the throne of God in Revelation 4. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper stone. This gemstone, the jasper stone, describes God himself. Thus the glory of God in the new Jerusalem, having the appearance like a jasper stone, gives additional confirmation of God's eternal presence in that great city. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Revelation, Volume 2, is a hardcover, 228-page commentary written by Pastor Paul M. Sadler and covers Revelation 7-1 through 13-18. In this volume, we enter into an analysis of the midpart of the Tribulation, called the Great Tribulation. The author's research left him with a heavy heart for those who will be left behind after the rapture of the Church. There are also numerous practical applications throughout the writing, to help you live a more productive life for Christ. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750. Or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. And had a wall, great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. The first thing that caught John's attention was the glory of the New Jerusalem. The next thing was its majestic high walls with its 12 gates. The wall shows us that the city has specific dimensions and limits to its size. The wall is described as great, which refers to its thickness and strength. Its awesome height speaks to the greatness, glory, and exclusivity of the city that only the redeemed of God are permitted into this great, glorious place. In the wall are twelve gates guarded by twelve angels and inscribed with the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. The Greek word used for gates here refers to a large gate, such as the gateway of a palace. The presence of one of God's holy angels at each gate proclaims that this is the city of God and a holy city. And they will likely greet 
and welcome visitors. With the enemies of God vanquished, these angels are not stationed here as protectors, but as an honor guard. And as honor guards, these angels will carry out their duty with the utmost respect for the God they represent and the city in which his blood-bought earthly saints reside. A significant feature is that each gate will have names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And that reminds us that this city is the great hope of Israel, and that she will rule and reign on the new earth, while we, the church, the body of Christ, will reign in heaven. For eternity, those gates with those names engraved on them will celebrate and be reminders of God's covenant relationship with Israel and how God was faithful to all the promises he made to the fathers of the nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those who were saved under Israel's earthly program will be the eternal residents of this great city. Going around the city, three gates will face each direction of the compass. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. Twelve gates with the names of each tribe of Israel is reminiscent of the way the twelve tribes camped around the tabernacle in the wilderness, three on each side. Back then, east of the tabernacle camped the tribes of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. South of the tabernacle camped Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. West of the tabernacle camped Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. North of the tabernacle were camped Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Levi camped in the center of the arrangement, closest to the tabernacle itself as the priests of God. The gates are around the New Jerusalem, in which the tabernacle of God is with men, as verse 3 says. Thus the gates are a visual reminder of the tabernacle in the past and how Israel camped around it back then. During the future millennial kingdom, there will also be gates in the wall around Jerusalem named after the twelve tribes of Israel, three on each side. The order is different, however, than the way they camped around the tabernacle. The names are also different, with Levi and Joseph's names on the gates, and Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, not included. Ezekiel 48 teaches us that the names in the north gates will be Reuben, Judah, and Levi. The east gates will be Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. The south gates will be Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. And the gates on the west will be Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. Revelation 21 doesn't clue us in. Uh, There's no way for us to predict for certain which names will be on which side of the New Jerusalem. But if we had to venture a guess, I think it would be the way they are arranged during the Millennial Kingdom. And it's enough to say that the gates of the city will be a memorial to God's program with Israel and His faithfulness to her. And it teaches us who will inhabit this great city on the new earth, Israel, and those who are saved under God's program with her. Revelation 21.14 reads, And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The number twelve is very prominent in the description of the New Jerusalem. 
The number 12 is the number of governmental perfection, and it is closely associated with God's plans and purposes for the earth. The number 12 is stamped throughout prophecy and God's program with Israel. There were 12 sons of Jacob, from whom came the 12 tribes of Israel. Representing the 12 tribes, there were 12 precious stones that graced the breastplate of the high priest in Israel. There are 12 apostles of the kingdom who were promised to sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This numerical theme continues uninterrupted into the eternal state. John tells us the new Jerusalem has a wall around it with 12 gates that have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel inscribed upon them. Standing at each gate is an angel for a total of 12 angels. The tree of life that grows by the river of water of life flowing out of the throne will bear 12 kinds of fruits. The height, length, and width of the city is described as 12,000 furlongs. The foundations of the city are garnished with 12 different types of precious stones. John noted here that the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The Apostle Paul is not mentioned or named here for good reason. Paul is not one of the twelve apostles, nor is he the thirteenth apostle of the kingdom. Paul's apostleship is unique. He was raised up to make known the current dispensation of the grace of God with the church, the body of Christ, and Christ's current heavenly ministry as the head of the body. Therefore, his, Paul's apostleship is identified with the heavens. And Paul teaches us, the body of Christ, in his epistles that the members of the body of Christ have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and that we are seated with Christ there. The present administration of grace is stamped from beginning to end with the number one. There is only one apostle who is God's spokesman for the body of Christ, the apostle of the Gentiles, Paul. There is one new man, a new creation made up of Jews and Gentiles called the 